0: That's B-O-D-I dot com.
1: Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome back to the Leading Edge Cricket Podcast. It has been a hell of a long time, but we're back. We're back with a vengeance. We're back talking, Ben Stokes and Brendan McCullum and Rob Key, how the trifecta has caused such a stir in test cricket that it's breaking the game, Rich. We're reviewing their first year in
0: play we are mate it's brilliant to be back it's been a long old time hasn't it? i think was it august time or so july august last time we, we did something it's all rob's fault everybody sorry um yeah it's been one hell of a year hasn't it test cricket is our primary focus and oh we've got to get the word out of the way haven't we first basball Bazball has been something different. It's changing the game of Test cricket. It's making it an exciting game. Young up-and-coming players like Ray and Ahmed are going, I used to think it was a bit boring, and now it's amazing. He loves it. We love it. We need to look back, Rob. We need to look back. This time last year, we were not excited about Test cricket.
1: We, We were not. We were in a woeful state. We got pumped in Australia. We got pumped in the West Indies despite scoring 500 twice, uh, carried, carried by Joe Root, of course. Root. Um, but we were in a dismal state. We'd just dropped James Anderson and Stuart Broad as well. And we did a podcast early January going, this is it. This is the end.
0: I still can't get my head around the logic for doing that. I understand it. if you'd ask them to just say, say, lads, we're just going to rest you. You don't need to come on this series. You're too important to us. We'll rest you. And we're just going to have a look at some more players. But no, they were trying to manoeuvre Anderson and Broad into the retirement queue. It did not work. England did not work without them. And they're still going strong. The greatest uh, partnership in Test history now. Most wickets yeah. in Test history. I mean, the greatest. People can argue that one. But, but statistically, with wickets, they are the greatest. And what a stupid, stupid idea it was to try and... Uh, Chuck them on the scrap heap. Yeah, we we were just in a bad spot, mate.
1: We were doing (laughs) some work pre pod, and that kind of fifteen months pre uh, Rob Key coming in and McCullum and Stokes Mm. and everyone. We were averaging twenty three with the bat and a strike rate of forty five. We had issues through the board, didn't we? We were talking Mm. before we came on, and we did a podcast just before McCullum came in, or when he came in, Mm. and said what are the things he needs to fix in this England team. And the list was massive.
0: (laughs) Everything.
1: (laughs) It was. There was was openers. We needed someone to bat at three. We needed someone to bat at five (laughs) because Bestow come in and scored a couple of hundreds, but we didn't think there was longevity there because his game... Mm. slightly mistreated in the test arena for a while and we was looking at the bowlers going well who's going to, who's going to take over from Broad and mm. Anderson Yeah, and um, we've got fast bowlers that can't stay fit we've still got fast bowlers that can't stay fit Who's <laughs> we're going to take over from
0: Broad and Anderson yeah who's your wicket keeper who's your spinner Jack Leach was not the new Jack Leach the new all improved 2.0 Jack Leach was he we didn't have a clue what was going on with that test side. It was a shambles. Yeah, Simple. it was. It was. So
1: what we're going to do, we're going to have a, a little walk down memory lane and just recap the last year of the Stokes-McCullum key trifecta and pick apart some of the good, some of the bad. Um, what it actually means, we've got some really interesting stats on player performances, pre-buzzball, post basketball how it actually lines up to the history of test cricket and how out of the box this approach is, and um,
0: how successful it's been. Yeah, absolutely. So where are we now? We're recording this end of March, aren't we? April, we're starting another month to wait. We'd got Rob Key in position by now, hadn't we? Um, That that was the important thing. It was a new vision, wasn't it? We were a little bit concerned, it might have been a little bit of the old jobs for the mates, uh, jobs for the boys um, appointment, but he he had something a little bit different about him he was, he was trying something a little bit different and the first thing he did for the Test Arena especially and that's what we're focusing on we're not, not looking at the white day stuff white day, white ball stuff is that he appointed Ben Stokes as captain it was a little bit concerning whether or not he was the only option really in all, all seriousness to replace Root and Root if you remember at West Indies tour he was still adamant he wanted to carry on even though he looked like he'd spent three months on the front line in, you know, in, in, in Vietnam or something um, he did not look a happy guy um, he's a happy guy now. We should we should all let you know, you know, spoil the end there. Um, but we got Stokes in, which was a really important appointment, and then Brendan McCullum arrived, Rob. Now it's really interesting because apparently he was approached by Rob Key, wasn't he? Because he knows him and all the rest of it. Yeah. But he approached him about the white ball job originally, and but then just because of you know how how kind of interesting that the uh, the actual job was. Um, and what sort of a challenge it was. He saw the opportunity um, and just it obviously did enough to convince Rob Key. Gary Kirst and Simon Katic, they were other people up for the role. Um, it would have been interesting to see where we were we would have been with them. I think it would have been more, a much more traditional approach um, over the last year. And we certainly wouldn't have seen the, the acceleration and, and, and new mentality. Um, but McCullum came in and, and, you know, he was talking about... Um, that you just, just enjoyed several robust conversations with Rob Key about the direction of travel for the team, and have found his enthusiasm contagious. I'm no stranger to bringing about change within the team environment. I can't wait to get started. Rob Key, this I just find this quite funny. Um, he spoke about changing cultures. You know, mccullum has got a history of that, and changing culture and environments the better. Um, and he ended his little quotes with saying, "Time for us all to buckle up and get ready for the ride." Rob Key knew. Rob, key was, yeah, rob key was pulling the strings rob key yeah.
1: um i thought might be a bit of a flash in the pan in this role mm-hmm. but actually he was really smart he was like ben stokes is my guy the first thing he did was get in the car and drive to see ben stokes to nail down that decision mm-hmm. and then it's a case of you're the top dog what do you want to do you want to align philosophies throughout and set the tone and he did that And McCullum was a great mix. He revolutionised the New Zealand team from being a, hey, you can go to New Zealand and play a couple of tests and have a beer, to actually you're going to come down and you're probably going to lose. It's a really tough place to play. They play good, disciplined cricket, but aggressive cricket. Uh, Intent cricket with an intent to win, which we've seen sometimes from Kane Williamson when um, he's been captain as well. Setting targets, let's give him a shot, let's try and get a result out of the game. And I think it is that. But I think the real driver behind all of this and how England approached the game, for me, it just feels like it's Stokes. Mm. Stokes always wanting to push the boundaries of what's acceptable and what's
0: possible. Just great choices by Kesey. Best of now. Yeah, absolutely. If you stick a while on the end, you're a pal. Um, Stokes, (laughs) I think the really important thing, like you said, McCullum got on board with Stokes very early and the fact that Stokes was 100% accepting and on board and obviously shared that philosophy because he, you see how he's sacrificed his own wicket. He's gone too far a lot of the time. We'll get into the, the action, but we all know Stokes, we, you know, we, we've been a bit frustrated with his batting in in some ways, haven't we, over the last last, last year? And it's because he's trying to really emphasise, this is what I want you to do. This is how I want you to play. Um, so, you know, we're hoping now a year down the road, he's going to just settle down a little bit and just pull back a little bit and let, you know, everyone knows what they need to do now. Everyone knows how to play. County cricket is starting to, you know, the, the wave that has impacted county cricket now. And we're going to see a lot more players uh, playing more positively because they think that's how I'm going to get selected. That's how I'm going to get noticed. So the impact mm-hmm. on the game is just is absolutely huge and it just can't be underestimated. So so let's have a little look throughout where we were there. So, so like I said, it was March last year, wasn't it? Literally, where we are now, we were just digging through the wreckage of the West Indies series. We're wondering what the hell was going to happen with Anderson. Oh, and that Green. was Wokes and Overton opening the bowling, wasn't it? That was it. Oh, we were so bad. And we <laughs> like Wokes and Overton, but not as you do, want we to. It <laughs> <they> shouldn't <laughs> be opening the bowling. Right? Yeah. Exactly, so he stepped down, it was May that we got basble. Uh, Matthew Mott took over as a white ball, so it was a complete reset um, in, in the English game. Um, I've got it. at June, the first competitive cricket for England was June, and I have to just quickly say it, because it was three games in Amsterdam, which was fun, it was like watching cricket at a music festival. Um, it was carnage, it was amazing. Send me back every, every summer, we should play three ODIs in Amsterdam. It was too good. <laughs> Um, but we really got into it, didn't we? Um, with um, where am I now? Where am I? July. India came over as well. We had a bit of a see what's going to happen. Um, with it,
1: New oh, Zealand, New Zealand was the first one for me that you kind oh, of sorry. woke up, smelt the roses, and went, "Hey, up! Oh, this is mm. different." And you know what I, I really liked about it? It's been an incremental changed there was a step change at the start where it's like we score at 45 a strike rate and now we're going to score at like 16 we're just going to push the boundaries push the boundaries and as over time i feel they've got the personnel slightly better it's been able to keep moving those boundaries but the big one was the fourth innings of a game england were renowned in white ball cricket for year on year as having the best chase in the game any mm. format, T20, mm. ODI, just not test match. And mm. they've been able to replicate that into that um, New Zealand series. You were there for besto scoring that century at Trent Bridge. Mm. Just it, nothing was off the cards. 290 for three, 290 for four, we'll chase 320. Like... Okay. It's completely changed Test cricket and no longer going, well, they've got to chase 200 on a fifth day pitch. Mm. Well, actually, you've got seven guys that's slipping, you've got all these gaps in the V in front of me, and I'm just going to keep belting into these gaps.
0: Yeah, yeah, you, you saw everything. I mean, New Zealand, obviously, 3 0 win. It was just, it was unbelievably convincing. It was just a chase-a-thon. Every time It's just set. You know. Set a score, we're going to knock it, knock it off, as simple as that. What I really like as well is just the top of the order as well. I mean, there was one game, wasn't it, in one of the chases, Alex Lees came in, It was the opener at the time. First three balls of the innings, he pumped for four at Trent Bridge. Yeah. That was the mentality. It was just going out and going for it. And the best the, though series, Gosh. I'm not going to say innings, just the of series was something we've never, ever seen before. Um, and this is, you know, we're jumping ahead to, to where we are today how the hell do we get Johnny Bairstow back in the team? That's a conversation for another day, but he's going to get back in the team once he's fit. He has to, because we can't forget how incredible we've never seen performances like what Johnny Bairstow did in the test arena last summer, um, for that New Zealand series. Um, obviously keep talking about wherever you want to go, Rob, but we then, we didn't, we took in India in, into the um, series. I misspoke a moment ago, but India came across, we had to finish off a test series, didn't we, that was abruptly ended the year before, and, we, and England absolutely spanked that one as well, won by seven wickets in the one-off was, game.
1: Don't you think that was unusual, that England did that? Because, like, the test matches against India, we were 2-1 down. They've been mm. so hard fought. You had Virat Kohli yelling at a stump at one stage. You had them <laughs> bouncing Jimmy Anderson. Like, it was... It might not have been that serious. Curly was shouting at a stump, but it may well have been. <laughs> it was it was so convincing against a the best team in the world, the best team oh, to yeah. ever win the World Test Championship so far.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, India, are, you know, we, we see we're coming to the end of this cycle, aren't we, the World Test Championship, and it's going to be India against Australia this summer. They're playing a Test match in England at the Oval in June, just ahead of the Ashes india are oh, is clearly one of the two best test sides in the, in the world at the moment australia are number one but that's because they don't hardly leave australia um yeah. sorry first dig it's it's not just <laughs> summer it's gonna be it's gonna after. be a lot more <laughs> um yeah, that's the only reason you're number one um yeah, so yes it was very impressive and one thing we're going to see is, is a bit of a theme new zealand didn't know what was coming but India, they'd seen it, and they were a little bit like, oh, I'm not sure I like this. I'm not sure I like this attitude, these upstarts in England. You were, you were pretty rubbish a little while ago. We, we beat you last summer. And the same happened when South Africa arrived as well, didn't it? Um, we had a three-test match series. South Africa arrived, and again, there was a, there was a bit of gobbing off um, in some ways. The, the press, the media were getting excited. The basble term was coined and was being thrown around left, right, and centre. And the South Africans were like, yeah, is it, you, let's see you do it against our attack. And when we lost by an innings in the first test, you thought, okay, okay, maybe it was short lived, maybe that was the end of it. But then England came back. They won by an innings and 85 in the second test. They then won by nine wickets in the third test. 2 1 to England. Didn't hear much from South Africans as they were going home. No, didn't. It, and you know,
1: there was two reasons we beat South Africa. One, we bowled really. Sorry, several reasons. Yeah. One, we bowled really well. South African top six has been poor for a couple of years. There's been improvements. To, uh, tender Bavuma's really coming of age in the last few months, but he definitely. I yeah, didn't hear. I don't even think he was around half the time. Um, but the other one was it was the rate we scored. It oh. completely changes the game when you've. And I love this. Like England would bat fifty overs, guaranteed somewhere between fifty and seventy-five overs and we normally wouldn't get to the second new ball unless Joe Root had gone and made a century or the top six wouldn't be around in that stage. So what, what do you do? Well, we're, we're probably not good enough to bat any more balls, but we can score more runs during that time. So essentially, you've exchanged balls you faced to runs scored mm-hmm. and you're going, right, okay, it's so a one day game. If we've got 80 overs to bat, and I've seen them do this in chases, where they're like, you can see it, that 80 overs is the target. Let's get there before the new ball comes. And they're like, oh, that's quite easy actually, but that's only four and over we've got to go. <laughs> it's, mm. it's just, it's strange. It's taken until two thousand twenty two, twenty three for a team to come round and really revolutionise the game. Possibly more than covered pitches when mm. that came in. Like this is gonna, this potentially mm. is gonna make Test cricket way more exciting mm. for many a year. Or it's, in my opinion, I'm going the other end of the scale, it could really diminish the credibility of a lot of teams in test cricket that can't play an exciting Mm. brand of test cricket because they haven't got the quality. And more people will just want to watch England, India, Australia, big three, that's it. Mm.
0: It's in its simplest forms as well, though. All they've done is taken a similar group of players and instilled them with confidence. They've they've utilised the assets they've got and they've they've utilised the mentality Um, Whether it's psychology, sports psychology, just just coaching mentality, and just basically said, you're a good player, you're a professional player, you're a test player, you've got the ability, back yourself, be positive, I back you, you're not going to get dropped after a test match if you play a couple of shots outside off stump and, and nick off trying to drive one to the boundary. We know that you're not gonna get dropped because Zach Crawley's is still in the Zach team. Zach <laughs> doing well, isn't that exactly good? that. Yeah, it is. It it's, is like, it's
1: it was, really illingworth it really back in the day that would chop and change like take <laughs> hey, Simon it. Brown, you can come in for a test, take no wickets and you back out. Yeah, like it was a constant again. nip and tuck of who's gonna be there and it doesn't create any steadiness around oh this is a good environment, I can settle in, score runs, be myself. Yeah and uh, yeah. get
0: loads of throwdowns from the coaches and feel good about myself. Mm, I like throwdowns. They're much better. Full tosses. <laughs> underarm full tosses. That's my warm-up. Um, yeah, but it is. boiling it back down to that, there is no reason every other Test nation can't do this. Possibly some nations that are a little bit lower in the pecking order, trying to play a more traditional game, could be a much better side if they try and adopt this, this mentality and this style of cricket. It might work. You know, Look at West Indies, for example. They've always been very good at, West, at um, white ball cricket. Why not? Why not play this, this style, this brand? But you need the backing, you need the support, not just of your coach, not just of your captain, but also the, the people above the coach. You know, your, your equivalents of your Rob Keys and your hierarchy. If results aren't going well, you need to stay the course and, and push through and just make sure you get that mentality through. And like I said before, someone like a, a Ben Stokes, couldn't have, you couldn't have picked a better character for that because he was willing to just sacrifice whatever he did because he knows he's locked into that role and just, look, this is how I'm going to play. This is how I expect you all to play. If I do it and I get out, it's fine. This is what you need to do. So it really is as simple as that, isn't it? So I, I, I agree with you completely, it is it is revolutionary. It, it'll see. It'll be interesting to see how long it lasts. I don't think it's, it's going to go away anytime soon. I don't see why it should. No,
1: no, and I think it's going to make it the most interesting Ashes mm-hmm. series. Oh, in a lot since 2015 mm. rolled around, when it was the first time in a generation that we went, we're
0: good, mm. we're good. We've got we've
1: got a bit of this.
0: So next up, we um, so by the end of the English summer, obviously everything was looking great, wasn't it? But it, we had a, a small case of the World Cup to to deal with, didn't we? So Pakistan was on the cards. Won't go into it, but it was just fantastic just to see that the English cricket was moving to Pakistan for the one day series. Sorry, the T um, Twenty series. Before we get over there for some uh, for some test matches, uh, but we did have the World Cup, and I think did we do all right, Rob? Did we do yeah, all right in the World we, Cup? We did all right.
1: Alex Hales did okay for himself at right? the top of the order. Alex Hales a year ago.
0: This I don't think we'd have been talking about Alex Hales too much, would we?
1: No, Back in no not not, not thinking. Well, you know what? He's the best T20 franchise opener in the world. Doesn't play in the IPL. Doesn't play international cricket.
0: He might do all right. He might do all right. So yeah, so it's just it's worth noting, isn't it? Just that the change in. Mentality, environment, everything else that just in English cricket as a whole, it was impacted by Stokes, McCullough. You know, everything was. Um, and obviously, to get a World Cup win and have players like Hales, Butler, and etc. just doing so well, Sam Curran was incredible as well. Um, it was wonderful to see. So we then move on. I'm not going to talk about weird little. Three game series in Australia—that was the weirdest little ODI series I've ever heard. Yeah, there's of.
1: There's no point. No, no, no absolutely point. no Why point. Is the series
0: <laughs> but it, although it was so good to see England play, back playing in Pakistan for the T20s, what was really special was December, early Christmas present. England had a three-match Test series in Pakistan, didn't they? That was special, and it brought about some changes. Uh, By the end of the summer, we. we, we It it was good, it was great even, but we still had some concerns. Opener has has still been a concern. You could argue it still is. But we saw Ben Duckett come in. I think that that was so notable. He bats three for Nottinghamshire. Had a wonderful summer again. He's been on on the horizon for a long time uh, to get a game. And one of the reasons I mentioned the Pakistan uh, T20 series is that Duckett did get the call for that and looked like he belonged. Looked like one of the main men at the top of the order. And... He's not done bad, really, has he? And in, in he's uh, come back into Test cricket as an opener. No,
1: he looked a million dollars, mate. His It was kind of funny watching the Pakistan. The Pakistan series for me was, we've got Baz Ball, and then we're just going to take it up a notch again. And they <laughs> yeah. were so aggressive. Literally yeah. every single ball bowled at Ben Duckett, he was sweeping or reverse sweeping. Yeah. Um, it was actually quite incredible watching him go about his business. And Harry Brook... Mm. Oh. came into the team. Yeah. Johnny Besto's broken leg, but uh, you know, he put a run of three centuries together on the trot. Mm-hmm. Just incredible um the next big thing in English cricket by a long way. But yep. it's how comfortable he looks doing it and how much he's achieved. Like there is the centuries, there's the high average, there's the runs. But it's again it's the rate that he's doing it. his strike rates like 90 95. He's um been on the cusp of breaking the fastest century mark twice already for an mm. English player um, Just it's, it's quite incredible that someone so young and talented can come mm. in and do that because given a couple of years ago he had averaged 20 in the championship 25 and then at the mm. start of 2022 he played aggressive you know maybe got a nod but he played aggressive and he averaged 100 in the first two months of the championship and was the him and Sean Massoud were the two pretty much mm.
0: standouts in the game Yeah, we couldn't speak enough about him at this time last year. Well, not this time, but early season last year. Um, What's interesting about Harry Brook is he spoke about that he was willing to put himself as an opener a couple of years ago for Yorkshire because that's where he saw an opening for the England team. And he put so much emphasis in his mind on playing for England that he kind of forgot the basics and he had a pretty bad run of it. But then you take the pressure off, just play your game, back yourself. The mentality was already there. Mm-hmm. And he went, just, just the sky's the limit for him as well, isn't it? We, we were looking throughout the summer of how do you get Harry Brook into this test side? How do you do it? How do you do it? And it was through Ford, misfortune, wasn't it? With Johnny Bairstow playing that really, really vicious game of golf um, that ended up breaking his leg. Well done, Johnny. Well done, Johnny. He needed the rest. What can we say? Um, Harry Brook, I, I will just say this now. Um, after nine innings, it's the most runs ever by a test batter um 807 runs high of 184 not out an average of 100.87 a strike rate of 99.38 400 350s he did he was unbelievable a century in each of the each of the three test matches wasn't it but we did see centuries for crawley duckett pope um and others and and that wasn't the only new player we saw it was really interesting for the the selection of this series as well because we saw Mm -hmm. liam livingston and will jacks um get a nod as well interestingly wg jacks we love initials we grew up with the ma atherton and the aj stewart first men's test bowler with wg initials to take a test wicket since wg grace dismissed uh, jack blackham at lords in
1: 1890
0: wow Thank fun, you, fact,
1: ben, fun Mark... fact about wg grace yeah i a son that played Did county he? cricket in the early 19th century early 20th mm. century as well found that wow. out the other day, doing database research. It was exciting.
0: Nice. Well, Mark Puttick off Twitter, I found that little gem from you before Rob trampled all over me trying to say thank you. But I also found the WG Grace thingy very interesting. <laughs> nice. So, yeah, but it was yeah, interesting, Pakistan wasn't it? Was Livingston. Yeah. Livingston and Jacks yeah, just Liv- it pointed Liv- to something different. Yeah,
1: it did. It it's like, we're going to break the mold because you'd always go, oh, we'll take them. And there was calls, a lot of calls on Twitter for Matt Parkinson being the yeah. second spinner or someone like yeah. that. And they took Rian Ahmed, Will Jacks, Liam Livingston. And it's like, well, it's a second spinner. They might get a wicket or two. Uh, we can uh, kind of bed in Rian Ahmed, who's the future spinner of England and first choice spinner, probably multi-format. Mm. Um, but, it's the attacking nature of the player and what it does to the game. Mm. <laughs> the funny thing is, even if they had performed to their best, it's not like it would have moved the needle of the game because the needle was like on full throttle yeah. the whole time England were batting.
0: Mm. Yeah, absolutely, and and they held back Ahmed, didn't they, for that first test where they brought, brought the uh, the Jackson Livingston in, and it's Livingstone injured, you know, had a bit of a niggle and whatnot, so didn't really perform, so he sort of missed his opportunity. But Ray and Ahmed came in and just looked like he would. Um, sorry, coming in for the third test. Before that, Pakistan had a spinner that was even better. Abra Ahmed, 11 for yeah, 234 yeah. on debut. What was that all about? Um, yeah. But yeah, Rain Ahmed's coming in on the third test. At, uh, five for 48 uh, on test debut. Looks stunning. Looks like he's gonna be here to stay. He's gonna be involved in the Ashes in one form or another. Jack Leach is a different bowler. Um, we should just quickly mention him because he he wasn't, he was on the way out, wasn't he? Even in that New Zealand series, he was just looking quite ordinary, Yes. just control, control, control. And he just seems to bowl with a lot more belief now and a lot more attacking intent. He's maybe just put a few more revs on the ball, a um, little bit of speed. But he looks great. Ray and I would look great. We're suddenly looking like we've got depth in positions we didn't realise we had depth. Parkinson was the one we was all calling for last summer and the summer before. Didn't really do anything in his, in his one and only appearance, a little bit hard on him. But this is how it goes, isn't it? If someone comes in and just grabs their opportunity, yes, it's about timing. If Parkinson had made his debut in, in Pakistan, we might have been a little bit more about him. But that's the way it goes. Positive selections, positive play. The P word, Rob. It's all about positivity. Positive. Took the positivity to New Zealand as well, eh? They did, they did, yeah. It was it was a weird little series out, wasn't it? Obviously, you're the, you're the resident, so you can uh, speak on it. But uh, England win the first one by 267 runs. Looking incredibly strong in the second one and then had a bit of a bit of a wobble and then it was uh, all all down to the wire and uh, was it a one run win wasn't it for new zealand i oh, it was it was good series mate good series went down to the wire joe root batted
1: superbly in the fourth innings he got 95 mm. stokes was looking really solid 33 uh, but Neil Wagner's got this thing where he bowls these 75, 80-mile-an-hour bouncers, and he gets wickets. Mm. And he uh, got the wicket of Joe Root, he got the wicket of Ben Stokes, and then Ben Folk's top-edge one, and they run through them and won with one run to spare. Quite Mm. incredible. Backed that up by winning off the last ball against Sri Lanka, two of the closest test matches in history to have a result. Happened within two or three weeks of each other.
0: Yeah. It's good to see New Zealand, obviously, that, that's the team we've played the most now. Five tests against New Zealand since since uh, McCullum and Stokes took over. And it is interesting to see that we've given them a pretty good hammering, but New Zealand just keep fighting. They keep coming back. Yeah. Um, they're starting to see what they need to do uh, to, to, to challenge in England. I don't want to get too um, overconfident. I, and Forgive me, I don't mean to sound cocky. That's you know, not my intention, but... Teams are suddenly having to play catch up because they're suddenly having to play a different game. It's like a lot of sports, isn't it? If you start doing something different, the whole league plays catch up. Yeah. You know, whether it's formations in football. You know, it used to be four four two, and now we're playing with all these false nines and attacking wingers, and all, you know, all that weird formation. American football is the same. If you do something kind of different on defense next year, half the league's doing that same thing on defense. Yeah. Cricket is the same. These teams are going to be playing catch up. They're going to be playing. It's going to be like. Um, Oh, God, ha- Happy Gilmore, when he walks up to the the tee and smacks it off the, smacks the golf ball down the thing. And you got, what's his name? Shooter McGavin Tr- tries to yeah. do the same on his own and misses it. It's, oh, done. <laughs> Everyone's going to try it. Everyone's going to give it a go. They're all in the nets at the minute trying to give it a bit of Johnny Vanessa. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Just smack it as hard as you can. <laughs> um, so, really, England should have won that game in my eyes. We had it. Yeah.
0: We were cruising
1: with 50 runs to go and mm. threw it away. But it was a great test. Great test to watch. So, it kind of ended with three series wins, New Zealand at home, Pakistan, Mm. South Africa, a draw against India, but it was kind of 1-0 this year, and then 1-1 away in New Zealand, Mm. 1-10, lost two. Mm. The other reason this has worked, and again, it's pushing the boundaries of what people do in test cricket and challenging Mm. the norm. I thought their use of declarations has been revolutionary. Mm. Their batting going are uh, we're going to bat 60 overs on the first day of a test and Declare. That's the target, because then we've got 20 overs bowling under lights. Like, no one thinks like that. It's always bat, bat as long as you can, score yeah. as many runs as you can. They're like, let's score as fast as we can, because 20 yeah. wickets is the most important thing. And you yeah. see it from the bowler's strike rates. Like The bowler's strike, every single bowler in this England team, their strike rate is better than it was 18 months before yeah. this regime came into play. Mm.
0: And, and it's interesting as well, isn't it? Because it's, it's like, look, we've got five days to play, but how many times do we lose a day? You know, when, when it draws often end because it's either a, a pathetic pitch that you can't get anyone out on and people bat for two and a half days, or it's because you, you lose time to weather. If you're moving the game ahead, you're getting ahead of the game before the weather comes. <laughs> you know, if you're already into the second innings of the game by the, by the close of play on the first day, it's not because you've been skilled for 80. It's because you put 300, 300 plus on the board, 400 on the board, and you, you want to have a bowl at the oppo. So, yeah, everything's different. It's, I just, I can't express how much, because we love Test cricket, Rob. We've always been passionate about Test cricket, first and foremost. We put up with T20. We enjoy it, but we, it's more of a put up with. It's not the same for us. And to see it suddenly come to the fore like it has done, and everyone be talking about it, and people watching it. It's like um, 2005, 2004 what was it, the famous Ashes, 2005? Yeah, yeah. It's like you had people saying, oh, I don't really like cricket, but I've been watching it. Or, you know, years later, oh, I remember watching that series. We're going to get back into that. If we could just get the odd test in this summer back on terrestrial TV, honestly, this game, forget the 100, you can rip that up and throw it away you just need a few days of test cricket and the whole nation will be talking about cricket again. It will. Honestly, Mm. it it could have that feel. If we pump the ashes Mm. and
1: beat Australia, I've said pump too many times. Oh, mate. If we beat Australia, (laughs) (laughs) too many times, too long living down here, I'm saying pump all the time. I'm going to pump this cup of tea right now. There we go. Just like England are. Um, But Mm. it does have that feel. There's a bandwagon Mm. that's empty and it's ready for all these people just to jump on and go whoa, this is this has got Freddie Flintoff, Kevin mm. Peterson sort of vibes that's yeah. taking it to
0: the Aussies. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. And we've got yeah. the players that can do it. We've got players that can capture imagination. over the likes of Stoke, You have got Best though potentially coming back in. Brook Root at the top of the order. Duckett. Duckett's come back in as if he just he deserved the you know he deserved yeah. it. <laughs> just look at him. It's, it's the right decision. Right, good call up. But again, this, talk, this talks to that same thing, doesn't it, about who they're selecting, who they're identifying. The old regime would not have gone Ben Duckett at the top of the order. Ben Duckett might have got a game at number five if he was really lucky and there'd been enough injuries. But they saw, they identified the talent, they identified the technique. How difficult is he to bowl at? Oh, know, it's, incredibly yeah. difficult.
1: I think I tweeted during the first test on the, uh, when we were down in New Zealand, I was like, where the hell do you bowl at him? Anything marginally short, given his um, stature... Mm. is a short ball to him and he cuts and pulls really well. He's so aggressive. I think he had a strike rate of like 70-odd last year mm. in the championship, stood out like a sore thumb. Um, but he's he's been out of this world. And you can look through the team, Rich, in terms of mm. the batting performances, and it's night and day to yeah. every single player, even the great Joe Root. In the uh, So if you look at stats pre basbourne and I'm talking first of... January 2021 to 31st of March 2022. So that period going, how good were they compared to the last year? How good they are now? Every single player that played in that first period and has played under Brendan McCullum has a higher average. Every single player that's batted, this is including bowlers, who's played in that period, as a better strike rate than what they did. The only omission is Jack Leet's average is down 2.59. Everyone else is up. Get him out. Ben Folkes is up 21. Harry Brook's done pretty well for him, (laughs) Stokes. But even Joe Root. Joe Root averaged 55 during that time. He's averaging 62 under Stokes. And he's doing it not at a 55 strike rate like he was. He's doing it at 75, Rich. Mm, It's just, it's a constant theme all the way throughout. And they understand Mm. declarations. They understand the match. They understand momentum. And it's, it's the best thing that has happened to Test cricket since I want to say Kevin Peterson debuted for England.
0: Do you know what? Back in those days, I was actually a Kevin Peterson fan. Um, watched him at Knotts before we played for England. I was, I was part of the get him in the Test side or get him in an England shirt um, fan base. Yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. It feels like, it feels like we're building up. To, and it's funny, isn't it, how we are, this is the time we are building up to an Ashes series at home. It has that similarity. There's, there was an excitement about English cricket back in that time, in, you know, 2004-05, as we went to take on that team and had that amazing series. This is going to be ridiculous as well. Um, I'm absolutely ready for it. Joe Root's just interesting, though, because Joe Root, I think he probably admitted himself, it took him a little bit of time to understand his place after being captain that's that's difficult once you've been captain and and dropping back into side but also his place in this side as a batter we know how good he is he knows how good he is he's 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 one of the best that's ever done it for england but it did just take him a little time what's his responsibility now what's his role how is he supposed to play does he play his own game or does he have to adapt and we're starting to see that aren't we over the winter he's starting to find his his stride and that's quite worrying (laughs) for every other nation for Australia, that's quite worrying (laughs)
1: It's, it's a it's a hell of a worry, mate. Mm-hmm. I just it it's just so different, and it does take time, even for greats to work it out. But he has because he's averaging more and he's doing it quicker. And when he scored runs, like he was carrying England for a long time, like mm-hmm. constantly, it was always yeah. Joe Root. Now he's surrounded by people. It's a different game, but he yeah. does look like he's enjoying himself doing it. And for context, players in this team have got a strike rate of seventy-five. We mm. had a strike rate of 45 before Baz Ball came um, for the previous oh. 18 That's 30 points higher, and the average has gone up 13 runs as well.
0: Yeah, it feels it feels a long, long way away from uh, Dom Sibley batting out, having a net on a, in, a, in a test match arena to bat out for a draw oh, against was, New Zealand. That
1: was probably the bottom of the barrel for me. It there was, that was the low performances, point. But that was like the mentality yeah. that Silverwood's drilled into this team is... Don't lose. Mm. ...completely wrong. It's yeah. don't lose first... Maybe try and win
0: one every so often. Yeah, um, yeah, qu- quite incredible actually. Mm, yeah, when you when you hold those two things together, that's when you really start seeing the difference. And when we started seeing the declarations and the targets we were chasing versus the targets we refused to chase the last the year before, which were minuscule in comparison, it just made a mockery of, of what was going on in the England Test cricket uh, ranks the season before. Not blaming Sibley per se. It was the whole mentality of the team, whether that's the captain and everybody else. Um, And and I'm glad Root's been able to see this future because I think he was probably part of that that we need to move on from some of these players. Um, I'm sure he had a say in that. You wouldn't have dropped Anderson and and Broad previous winter if Root hadn't signed off on that. So it's great that he's been able to see this and he's been able to just clear his mind completely and wake up from the, the malaise of the Test Arena before and gone, oh my God, yeah, okay, sorry, we're good. <laughs> this is what we should have been doing.
1: Test cricket is almost like the ultimate win now mentality as well mm. because there's not that many games a year Yeah. and reputations are made and lost in a series at times.
0: Mm.
1: If you have a really bad series against a short ball, you get found out and that, that may be you done for a while, like mm. if, you, if the, that sort of player. Um, <laughs> yeah. So winning is important and you've got to have your best players to win, not build your system going who's going to be the next bowler after Anderson because he's 39 Mm -hmm. Well, he's 41 and he's still averaging less than 20. So let's maybe kick the can down the road. Create yeah. better opportunities for people to play higher level of cricket, play mm. England lines across the world, mm. uh, bring the juke ball, juke ball in, the Kukenberg ball in. Like, I, I like that sort of stuff. Mm. So create the system that means people slot in ready, not when yeah. you're going, oh, half the team's injured. <laughs> we've got no bowlers and we've just dropped the two best bowlers we've ever had.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's continuity, isn't it? And you mentioned England Lions. It's interesting you do, because over the winter we, we saw what was happening there. They played over in Sri Lanka, a couple of draws, but we had a, a, a situation with Jamie Smith, the young Surrey player, wicketkeeper, you know, potentially out the future wicketkeeper for England, hit the fastest ever hundred, seventy-one ball 100, uh, fastest for the Lions, you know, went on to make 126 of just 82 deliveries. It's already filtering through. This is how we want to play. Again, using the football analogy, if your academy is playing the same system and style of play as your first team, it's going to be a nice transition. The Barcelona way, everyone plays the same way. It's already happening. The Lions are doing exactly the same thing, aren't they? So can't wait for the Ashes, mate. We we started this where we said that we needed a number three. We weren't sure about the openers. We needed a number five, a wicketkeeper, a spinner, and who's the next seamers. Where are we now? What do we need now? I mean, I'm just looking at this, and the big questions for me are opener are we are we happy with the openers Ollie pope he's done enough has not he you know last year olly pope was a bit of a ooh, not sure but Ollie pope at 3 it seems to be working now um yeah he's he
1: scored go. almost 1100 runs an average of 38.52 that's pretty like, good yeah. that's pretty reasonable batting yeah. at number 3 done it with a strike rate of 74 as well that's not easy to do Um, Excellent player, rotates the strike so well Two centuries during that time I think that slot is his It's his for the Ashes If he fails during the Ashes, it's still
0: his That is not going to change yeah, it'd be interesting. Depends how bad, you know, if it's, if it's six duck in a row, then we'll have another conversation. But he has a Rory Burns. Yeah, I don't foresee
1: that. Um, I shouldn't talk about Rory Burns like that. He's a class <laughs> county player and
0: yeah. a pretty decent test player, just didn't quite kick on. Exactly. So we, we, we'll look at this another day, and especially as we build up to the Ashes, we've got plenty of content coming for that. But, you know, you look at Crawley at the top, he's got to start the summer well, hasn't he? That's a question mark. Third seamer. I don't think it's necessarily a third seamer. Oh, God, who's it going to be? It's more... Well, there's Ollie Robinson in situ alongside Broad and Anderson, but then there's Joffre coming back from injury, isn't there? There's a whole calcade of, of seamers like rampaging down the road ready for this third spot. Matty Potts was doing it last year. Uh, you've got the Overtons, everybody. Mark Wood, there's loads to pick yeah. from. I
1: think we're, I feel we're removed from the whole uh, Craig Overton, Chris mm. Wokes conversation. I feel that ships sailed yeah. enough now where they're not the contention they're remember dropping down we the order Fisher in the west indies as mm. well for a test match that yes okay bit of work to do but looked okay mm. um i think it's going to be a rotation of broad archer wood jamie overton mm. especially against australia the pace of archer really caused them problems back in 2019 mm. like i can see broad left arm uh <laughs> broad left arm at the Gabba down in Australia, bowling round the wicket today oh wait, they didn't pick him in the first test of the ashes down in Australia, did they? No, they
0: didn't <laughs> hopefully jambles. they do things right this time. Yeah, absolutely and it's, that you know there's going to be some brave selections as well, if we need to you know Ray and is going to get chucked into that team and the man can bat, he got 100 last year as well so yeah. we, we might suddenly have that number eight of the future uh let's let's slow down a little bit with him let's drip him in here and there but he's going to bat. so he's going to play at some point in this ashes series i'm certain of it and selections i absolutely love Wicket keeper love ben folks we all love ben folks but you're looking at that that's potentially how you get uh Bairstow back in the other thing that's starting to do the rounds a bit My concern is Ben Stokes, he's having cortisone injections to get him through the IPL. He's going to play as a batsman, not as a bowler. Fair play to him getting over there. It's probably better preparation playing the odd T20 than it is a cold four-day game (laughs) at uh, Durham. So, no problems there. Plus, he gets paid a ton of cash as well. <laughs> yeah. um, but Stokes, he's not an all-rounder. If, if he can't bowl, loses the balance of the team a little bit. There's talk of him yeah. potentially going up to open.
1: I think, I think open, Stokes would Rob. almost have to be in a... I think he'd have to be in a box not to take the ball <laughs> and bowl. A bit like... Remember Flintoff? Flintoff yeah. was like that. He had that last series in the ashes. He cleaned mm. Mike up with a 95, 96-mile-an-hour <laughs> ball. On one knee, team mm. on his back. Like Stokes mm. is that sort of guy.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so uh, he'll be fine. He'll he'll bowl during the Ashes unless he's in hospital. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. And, and any any thoughts on the uh, the, the not the rumours necessarily, but the conversation that's going around that there is a potential that Stokes could find himself at the top of the order. Uh,
1: I don't think it's genuine. I think you're more likely to see Bairstow at the top of the order than Stokes. Interesting. Um, would be my personal opinion mm. that the problem with Bear though, is such a good player of spin. He gives you mm. that solidarity, solidarity yeah. in the middle of the order. Him and Joe Root are exceptional at it, and yeah. uh, Harry Brook is quite good as well. So, yeah, it's it's a difficult one. If mm. they go outside of the ring, then it's a, an interesting conversation. I think the Ashes you've got to bring in someone with some experience would be good. Mm. I did a a video on Keaton Jennings being the opener for the Pakistan series. Mm. And uh, didn't didn't do anything with it because he didn't open. No, no. <laughs> he, he... I made a call that Keaton Jennings is in the best spot he's ever been in career-wise. Mentally, changed his technique. Spoke mm-hmm. about it on the preview pod that's coming out. Um, changed his hands techniques based on mm-hmm. watching videos in Maddie Hayden. Mm-hmm. And it, I think I was saying yesterday, it's what you do when you're in. Mm-hmm. And Keaton Jennings and good players fail almost as much as everyone else. They get out for less than twenty like everyone else. But when they get in, they score enough runs to really make it count, and Jennings really did that last year.
0: Yeah, it just shows you, doesn't it? Just uh, this final word for me. This is really, but it just shows you where we are now. A year or so ago, we were going, "Who the hell is the openers?" God, we've had Sibley, we've had Burns. Crawley's mm-hmm. not really doing anything. What do we do next? What do we do next? We've now got potentially you could put Keaton Jennings and Hassi Pamid, who both got about twelve hundred runs last summer. Hassi Pamei yeah. captain the Lions. Jennings has played, you know, England obviously previously two excellent players that are probably playing better now than they were when they were in the England side. Undoubtedly for for Jennings and more absolutely It seems
1: I mean. um, strike rate, career strike rate of 43, scored at 65 last year. Changed yeah. his game. Changed his game. 1,200 runs, most runs he's ever scored. Four centuries yeah. in the year. He was outstanding. And then there's a plethora. We've we've got a whole mm. uh, range of podcasts coming out where we kind of mm. go through the England depth chart like we did last year. Mm. And there's some really exciting, really talented players openers that just need a little bit more time uh, playing county cricket before they're ready
0: but I think the future's brighter than it's been for a while actually yeah 100% and last last word all these members at these county grounds around the, the, the I'm going to be so intrigued to see the tr- the trickle effect of the Test arena the Bazballers at the Stokes axis of uh, of influence if it you know you, you're going to see counties playing the same way now in a similar way I can't wait to see how the, the, the county member grumblers are going to be, whoa, oh, what a horrible shot. Oh, that's dreadful. What are you doing?
1: <laughs> well, you see it when Stokes gets out, when he's tracked someone on the length. Like, you've just got to accept is That's how we're trying to play. There's a yeah. target in the team that they're trying to get mm. to in a certain amount of time, and it's team first, not mm. player. And I saw tweets going, oh, he's not living up to his potential. Him as captain has far exceeded... Any Mm -hmm. reputation that he had as a a player, it's exacerbated how good he is. If there was a Hall of Fame in cricket, you've got Stokes here, like, great. One of the best all-rounders England's ever had, top three. And now you've put him as a captain, he's got to be. If this goes on for another couple of years, he's going to be in conversation for the best England captain of all time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And not long ago, I would have happily taken an Adam Hollyoak as just a captain who didn't really bat and didn't really bowl that much in four, four, <laughs> four or five day cricket. So if we've got someone like Stokes can do what he can do. Yeah, yeah, sky's the limit. So I'm ready for this Ashes, Rob. We've got a long time to wait, haven't we, until they get across here. We're talking June time for that World Test Championship and then the Ashes after that five test matches this summer. And then we're going to keep half an eye as we go as well on on how India how England are going to look before they go over for five tests in India. Yeah, exactly. We'll do the, we'll have the preview podcast out
1: for mm. the County Championship. Have a bit of a summer preview. We'll break down mm. the depth chart. We'll do openers, middle orders, all rounders, wicketkeepers, spinners, and seamers. Mm. And uh, then we're going to be pretty much ready for the Ashes to get going. Mm. And then we're in full flight. It's it's yeah. it's the most intriguing, exciting Ashes. Since
0: 2005. It, yeah. it really is. It, it is, mate. And the fact that we've got Australia, then India coming up is, this is, yeah. let's see, in 10 Test time, um, we'll really see what Baz is all about.
1: Yeah, exactly. I tell you what, if Baz Ball wins the Ashes and it goes to uh, India and wins cricket, which no one's done for about a decade, run <laughs> a series there, best <laughs> thing ever to happen to the game. Completely. Best captain in England history.
0: <laughs> Completed it. <laughs> to complete. It.
1: Um, thank you so much for listening, yeah. everyone. I hope you've uh, had a great time. It's good to kind of reminisce over the last year. It's, it's, mm. It is it's, the most exciting time as an England cricket fan in, in a generation, 20 years. So um, can't wait for the summer to roll around. It's going to be awesome. Thank you so much for listening. Subscribe wherever you are listening. If you are still listening, leave a big thank thumbs you. up. A 5 star review goes a long way. And we will catch you guys next time.